Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Al Pacino's surprisingly good toupee. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. A good cop can't sleep because there's a piece of the puzzle is missing. And a bad cop can't sleep because his conscience won't let him. You said that once. Hooah! Cue the theme song! Why didn't you come forward with this information when she died? You just want to fuck me. All right, we're getting very, very sleepy because it's 2002's Insomnia. Christopher Nolan directing. Uh, Insomnia brings us a really crazy, interesting combination of actors, which is one of the reasons I was drawn to this movie when it first came out, is Al Pacino against Robin Williams. Throw in some Hilary Swank, some Maura Tierney. And some other faces you would likely uh, recognize. Insomnia follows the uh, misadventures of Will Dormer, (laughs) (laughs) L.A. detective who is kind of sent up to Alaska to help with the case as a favor, but also to get he and his partner, uh, Hap, out of of Internal Affairs uh, Warpath because Internal Affairs is looking to build a case. Against Dormer, because that's what they do. Internal affairs, if anybody doesn't know in cop movies, they're always just bad people chasing good cops. Yeah, cops just trying to get the job done. Just doing what it takes. They're cops. So they get up there to investigate the murder of a young lady, and it's not cut and dry, and it's definitely in a small town. Uh, what what part of Alaska? I forget if they ever say the name night, of the town. It's, it's night. It's starts night with mute. an H. Night mute. Is it night mute? Night mute. No, it, it started with an H, didn't it? Bet you a dollar. All right, Nightmute. We'll go with we'll Nightmute. I'll call it Nightmute. I honestly don't care, but <laughs> I thought it was like humble or... It, it don't matter, none. You're thinking, of ha- you're thinking of half. No, it's yeah. fucking Nightmute. That's you. fine. That's fine. Um, so, yeah. So, Nightmute. So, so, Dormer and his partner, Hap, are having a little bit of a disagreement over the IA investigation and um, hijinks kind of... Yeah, it is Nightmute. There you go. Nightmute. Nightmute, Alaska. Thank you, phones. Thanks, phones. Um, <laughs> so... Phones are awesome. So uh, this movie, uh, so this was Nolan's, I think, second major directorial. Um, this was his follow-up to Memento. This was the first. We're talking the, out of turn there. I don't think I'm wrong. I don't know if it's the follow-up, but um, this is. He was selected because. Yeah, it was Memento that made the him. producer yeah. saw Memento Soderberg. and picked him. It, it, we can look at it up later, but regardless, uh, he. Uh, this is one of the only movies. Are, is the only movie that he's directed that he w- had no writing credit for. So I was very excited. Yeah. And I remembered, <laughs> I remembered this being like a brooding movie. And I, j- I love Al Pacino in pretty much everything. And yeah. Robin yeah, Williams liked to play kind of a, a, a crazy off-kilter uh, killer. Yeah. Super interesting to me. And then you get some Hillary Swank thrown in as, uh, as the young, eager detective. I'm surprised that a town that small has like detectives. Um, yeah, you think it would just be the normal cops, and then they're cross duty into detective work. Like, what? Yeah. What are they? They're not doing murders all the time. No, there might be some um, some like larceny or you know break ins, um, these yeah. things like that. Which I guess you'd still kind of need detectives <clears throat> for. Um, but they had quite a like a quite a detective contingent. Yeah, it seemed like it was a lot of detectives. And, and if it was like maybe they could have bored some detectives from Anchorage. But anyway, like the fact that Charlie, the the captain of that police station, knew the guys from L.A all good um, to connect them all together and, and kind of explain how they would get up there. It's a, I think it's a little silly to think the two, like maybe the best, the way they put Al Pacino, he's the best 
the detective one. from LA ever. He's, and he's recently um, caught a serial killer, um, which everyone knows about the the Langadine Street murders. The problem sounds like a, sounds like a real. The problem word. I had though was it seemed like they all of the people who were detectives in Alaska were like the worst, stupidest, most uneducated detectives on the planet. And Al Pacino was like mediocre at best, and he would do like mediocre things, and they'd be like amazed. Ooh, he would, Ooh a rip picture, and he puts it together with another rip picture. Genius. Why didn't we think of that? I'm gonna write this down. There's, <laughs> it's just like there's a nice dress in her closet. Why didn't we see that? Yeah, it's like the it's like the worst kind of like establishing that he's the amazing. Biggest surprise for me was how clean everyone looks. Like oh. up in Alaska, there's a lot of beards and shit. People <laughs> just like wear a lot of coveralls and fucking burlap. I think. Yeah. yeah, these guys were very well polished. It looked like Vancouver, like Pacino. which may have been where it was. <laughs> Pacino looked shittier than anybody that was. He in Alaska. did. They did such like this is one of the first movies I remember where I was like, "Holy fuck, Pacino looks old." Yeah, he looked like really the bags old. under his eyes. Like, so I don't know what they can do with with makeup just to do subtle things to. They just to didn't natural put features. makeup on him, probably. or maybe they <laughs> they're like no makeup for Pacino. Let him look like he looks. By the end of the movie, I'm like, just let him fucking sleep. <laughs> Do you Jesus. notice that Pacino, like, Pacino being tired four. looks like he's trying to do a De Niro impression? <laughs> he's like lifting his brows and closing his eyes. Yeah. So funny. That's good. So so this movie, um, you get to see the newspaper that Hap's carrying. They have their little bit of, of, of conversation on the plane that, you know, you're getting the sense they're running away from something a little bit and trying to be careful. Um, and of course, they do this kind of slow reveal where Hap is basically wants to cut a deal with IA for some minor indiscretion that he had as part of a case that maybe he had um what do you call it when you um when you shake down a yeah shakedown i guess they had shaken down one of their uh, one of their recent arrests or something to get information not quite something by the books and they were going to maybe nail hap on it I, I don't know if they would they were just going to pressure and hap was going to fold i mean um, hap's a dick he's kind of like going way over the top and uh, you know dormer um although we find out later on did just flat out plant evidence on the guy. Mm. Um, the rest of Dormer stuff like appeared to be pretty much by the book. Uh, not really. It was none of it was by the book. What do you mean? Shooting dogs. Well, that stuff. Bullets, yeah. I meant, I meant his previous dog. case history. They're <laughs> not really, they're <laughs> not sorry, really revealing dog. that Dormer did a bunch of crazy, like he was not a dirty or a bad cop. Like he made a judgment call to put a guy he knew was, was, you know, and but I mean, if he—that's the only thing—is when he <clears throat> says that and stuff. Like my interpretation is, like, be he that he knew the guy was crooked, but he had to plant evidence to to prove put it. him in jail. It's just like that's the thing is though too is that when you're when he's telling that story, and because the thing the, the thing is is that like the thing is is that most times you want to be on the side of him when he's like this guy's a fucking kid rapist or a kid murderer or whatever. Like I like. Of course I planted the evidence. This guy needs to go to prison. And you're like, yeah, that guy needs to go to prison. But then his whole explanation for is when you've been doing the job as long as me, you just know. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I'm like, but you don't that's, really just know. And that's kind of the why, reason why this all works like that. So that is like you do want to to give him a pass on it. But yeah. you really but you really like ethically shouldn't. Right. Yeah. So, so, so Hillary Swanky Hillary does the does the right thing, I guess, by being I suppose, judgy about him. But I would I would. I'll be the one that throws the first like feces at this movie. Like um, <laughs> first feces. I, the uh, the screenplay to this movie is filled once again with explain a log. Yeah. I think I think this may be where it started off his career as a writer 
because he found this script that was filled with explainalogue and he was just like, I could do this. I, I can, can visually I can be a writer see what I want to be doing. And I can just write everybody saying everything out loud. And uh, <laughs> this movie. <laughs> you mean you can just write what's happening all the time? Jesus. Yeah, what was I worried about just, all this imagery for? <laughs> everyone will just say everything. So this yeah. movie's filled with that. It's full of explainalogue, even though he didn't write it. So either he loved Explain Log before this or this influenced his writing going forward. Yeah. But it is not good writing. The um the characters are not very good, well established. The her character, Hilly Swank, at, for an Academy Award winning actress, actress like had a shitty character. So here's that, the deal. So what we were supposed to think about her in this movie is that she's a young, fresh cop and she's super eager, right? Mm-hmm. And so when Dorm, well, like when she greets Dormer and Hap, I get it immediately. Oh, let me get your bags for you. Oh, you must be so tired. Oh, we'll do this. We'll do this. But then they go like seven layers over that. So she's like, right. Or, or Dormer says, no, let's go to the station. She's like, right, we got to get started. And then she misquotes that you're supposed to like find the killer within 48 hours. Otherwise you start losing. She says 72 and Dormer has to correct her. So is she not a good student? And then she does the stupidest line in the movie, and this is all within like the first six minutes, and she looks over at him and she's like, is that the scar on your neck that you got from 72 Wilshire Boulevard where the guy just fucking up and cut you? (laughs) Colin and I paused the movie at that point and we were like, people don't talk like that. No one would ever say that. And then she's like, I followed all your cases in the papers. I know every case you ever did. And the case that I'm talking about where you got cut is what I did my case study on at the academy. So, of course, I know where that's that's where you got your scar. But I'm going to say it out loud anyway because I need to be looked... I need to be seen as keen and, and young and fresh and not very experienced. She, she got fucked over. It's just like, like someone punched... Like, oh, man, that was so bad. I got it, like, within two seconds and, and then they went on for more. And then the rest of the movie, her character is, is weak. It's not good. It's... There's never anything that's interesting about her. She's a sycophant who's not good at her job. Who's like trying to learn from the best. Later, she oh yeah, right at the end. So she like does a great investigative job after Dormer pushes her to. She's like she's handling the crew of guys well. She's like no, he wasn't lying that way. He was lying the other way. Here's my really detailed report, and I can now start to sudden dig deeper and find a nine millimeter casing shell. And look through an old file to know that that's the caliber that Dormer's backup is. So I automatically know that Dormer is guilty of something else now. It's I mean, like there's so many stretchy things there. I mean, I guess. But if you're looking at it like from broad strokes, right? Like if you met your hero, like think about whatever your passion is, right? Colin, masturbation, you. Masturbation man, too. Masturbation. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you met your hero in that thing, you might be a little bit fanboyish and say some stupid things, right? Yep. And the thing is that she might actually be a good detective. She's a little bit overwhelmed by his status and prestige. Um, he's he's kind of a big deal detective, and she's like she says been been following him. So yep. she definitely wants him to know. She wants him to think that she's on the level. Yep. And um, I, but and, I then, and then she she's she's actually a good detective, and she kind of just like starts coming into her own as she starts kind of seeing I think some of the some of the threads unravel. So it, like I agree with you, it's not that dialogue is is fucking terrible, and you can definitely <laughs> do that a million better ways. Yeah. Um, I, but I, if you're looking at the broad strokes as far as yeah. her like starting as a fanboy and then like kind of just like getting more comfortable and and hitting her pace, I'm not so against it i like what you said if they would have written it that way yeah but that is not how it was written what you said would have been great but that is not what we saw we saw her like that's what john just uh, was explaining we saw her being talking about we saw her being completely inept and her dialogue was terrible and then all of a sudden like halfway through the movie she all of a sudden is not that inept 
but like it's never established. They don't have to establish that she's a bad detective. All they have to do is establish that she's she idolizes this guy and a wants to learn boy, from him. Uh, she could okay. be a good detective. Right. Yeah. I just I, so the way you described it, that's what I would have had for her character. Well, maybe her too. I would have done maybe the exact same even thing. maybe I'm, I'm even when Dormer like is a little bit rude to her about like cross your eyes and dot your t's, she could get like a little pissed at that and use that to like move her efforts forward as yeah. motivation. Yeah. yeah, like instead, she instead she she yeah she goes back and she starts crossing her eyes and dotting her t's and <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and then it's really then it's like total chance. Where she finds that shell casing after they had pe- many people going through that area Dude, combing. The fact that you would be back walking through, like, I don't know about you guys. You ever drop something in like a big rocky like riverbed like that where it's all like dried up and stuff? Like, even if you drop your keys there and it's something big and shiny, it's yeah. fucking hard to find something. Yep. So the fact that all those people walked over and didn't see it, I could buy it. Yeah. The fact that she just randomly stumbled upon it. I mean, I guess that's what happens in movies is I there's guess. a chance happening. Yeah. Not if you write them well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Jeez. her character is... Every yeah. time I try to defend it, I know. Like, <laughs> it's just, in, it's just <laughs> I was like really angry at the writing. Once again, like I feel like he picked a really bad... I mean, you could have rewritten the, the script. The writer is Hillary The idea Schweitz. here is cool. Yeah, you could have rewritten the script and you... <laughs> <laughs> I, I would I would be interested in a, an idea like this if it was written well. Especially with yeah. these actors. These were the right people for the roles totally. too. I'd and like to see the original. So this movie is based off of like an old Norwegian, not old Norwegian, yeah. but like a 97 Norwegian. Yeah. Um, I would like to see that too the now same. that I know that. And that movie apparently is darker. Like they actually brightened this movie up. So the dog that he shoots is actually alive in the Norwegian one. Um, he actually like puts his hand in between the girl's leg when they're driving and like does some more crazy driving and apparently like <laughs> like um like approaches rape or rapiness to get her to confess i guess just in part of the same like <clears throat> you know how he tries to like kind of push her to a limit and like he, he does the driving thing yeah. to try to break her because she's all being cool and being yeah. like she wants to fuck this guy from LA. This, which, by the way, why? Like, I'd, there's got to be better candidates in Alaska. I was gonna say, Pacino. like, Al was not looking his best. Like, you take like Godfather Two, Al. <laughs> fucking, I'd get in the car and be like, "Where are we going now, Mister?" Any Godfather yeah. Al is better. Godfather yeah. Three Al is better than Insomnia Al. Yeah, I mean, I guess small town, there wouldn't be a lot of exposure, and anyone from a big city would look really appealing yeah it'd be like and knock she, me up and take me out of here and she was like kind of trashy the character not that not the actress who was playing him but she was kind of trashy like sleeping around <laughs> and her best friend and, and such a small town there'd be like such limited options so i was trying not to think about that element too much but the whole um like playing chicken with the truck just seemed that th- that takes me out, of it. out there yeah. that's it, like, it, like it was so sudden yeah. like he could have just taken her to the dump and like shown her where the body was and that probably would have made her break so broken why do you need to fucking endanger a truck driver's life yeah, like exactly and that was way exactly. too close that's those moments when i when i watch a movie and i go fuck that right yeah and that's the moments that take me out of it whenever i'm watching a movie i'm able to fucking suspend disbelief in a like huge amount of that right yeah but when there's something like this that just feels so out of place that the cop would do this, like Pacino is never this reckless At again. Other, well, no. he's he he is he is um not, could be not, considered diabolical or whatever. He else, doesn't but, endanger just random people's yeah, lives no. exactly. like that. That's what exactly what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, he's this isn't this is so out of character for him. He's it not is. a reckless like like what's that a bad detective or whatever that fucking movie right like. 
Whereas an actual bad cop. Oh, bad lieutenant. Yeah, bad yeah, lieutenant. Yeah. And it's that's kind of like endangery and recklessness kind of cops vibe. Yeah. That's just not Pacino here. No, I don't get the sense. He, like Pacino does things to, to survive, I guess, like with the bullet and... and cause yeah, that stuff is all chasing, <clears throat> chasing his tail afterwards, trying to undo... But the other, the other stuff, like we're talking in the car with that, with that gal, that's like, that's intentional. Like that's a, that's a method he's used before. I don't know. It makes me question his character in a weird way. And if I'm not like mostly supportive of Pacino trying to like clear his name or at least, you know, come to some resolution, uh, then it really loses me for who I'm cheering for in this movie. Well, totally. He's Um, he's a poorly done antihero. Yeah. And before Uh, that, though, so him and his partner who who came with him from L.A., the dialogue and the acting and the scenes between them give me no sense that these two guys know each other well or are good at friends. Fucking all, yeah. Which is which, him and Happy Me, yeah. yeah. It's which is bullshit. Like I do not get a sense that these guys have known each other a long time, are friends, anything like that, other than some explain a log. But the way they act and they talk, talk like two people who do not know fucking. They don't each like other. each other. They don't yeah. know each other. It's it doesn't there, sound there, like people. There should who, be a. Uh, a very obvious closeness between them even if they dislike each other totally. there should be a total familiarity yeah and the reason why that's not there is because they say things to each other that you would say to someone who you don't know that well but like you they didn't write the dialogue that these guys know each other yeah they write the dialogue like these guys don't know each other and they're in a fight that's not how people it's once again it's just bad dialogue like it's it's like when you have see movies where husbands and wives talk to each other and say things to each other that they would have said like on their first date. Well, and when we write dialogue, we run into that a lot. Where oh, we're absolutely. like, where we're like this, like it would just never say this. Like that would just be something that would be common to them or assumed or whatever else. And it's and it becomes explain a log, like you yeah, say, right? And that's a great point because I write that dialogue all the time. But the, your job <laughs> is to you do, no, but your I job know. is to weed that out. Yeah. And yeah. like, we, that's why you rewrite. That's why you have other people read. That's why you get other people's opinions and you go through it and you go through it. And you you go have through to it. talk about your characters and their, their history, their past. You don't have to build out an extensive tree, but you do have to make some assumptions and be like, these guys have been partners for 10 years. They would have shared a lot. These guys would be as close as a married couple at this point. Right. And so they totally. just, and they wouldn't, even with this animosity, there would still be some of that camaraderie. Uh, and it, you just don't see it. Their 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 animosity from the start. And, and it's it's you know what it is. It's it, I don't know if this I'm stealing this quote or if I'm creating a quote, but it's 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 what the characters don't say, which tells you what their relationships like. And this does not have that. They say fucking everything. I'm willing to give that to you. I don't know who else can have said it. it. Yeah, yeah. nice. Now. That's mine. Sweet. I could have stolen it from somebody. But I heard no, you're totally it, right. Like they like show don't tell, and all of this stuff. You could show this. There's oh, not a yeah. big puzzle here as to how to establish their relationship or all the other stuff in this show that ends up becoming just dialogue, right? Like, so, it except, can happen. Except maybe don't have the L.A. newspaper thing where it's put on the filing cabinet and then it falls behind the filing cabinet and is yeah. dug up at the right time also, to put the fucking threads together for Also, for she said, like, in the beginning of the script, once again, you're not covering your ass. She said in the beginning of the script, she's followed... All his cases through the newspapers, but yet she doesn't know what's going on right now in his career, which is in the newspapers. So, yeah. like, how the fuck did she follow all his other cases and not know he was involved with an an internal affairs investigation where he might have committed a crime? But she knew so much about him. I mean, to Bullshit. be honest, that right there is something I hadn't considered. That is like it makes no sense. 
Yeah, that's a that's a it's huge a problem. So, I mean, what they would say likely is that it was just in the newspaper that morning that they picked up before flying up to Alaska. I guess, but like, why but, would he be on the hot tip to be going to Alaska as a favor? Yeah, for that guy. That to, also to stuff doesn't make any sense either. Like their their pseudo explanation of why they got chosen and they used to know this guy or whatever is all bad. Explain a log again, like. It's not good. Like, you could have had a better explanation for why they were... You didn't even need to explain it. You actually didn't need to explain it. If you said nothing, you'd have just said, they bring in some big detectives because this is an important case. You don't need to explain it. I know, and it makes... And then there's no question. It makes for more bad scenes later, like Dormer goes back to his hotel at one point after Hap has been killed, and uh, there's a call for him right at the moment that he's at the desk, and it's the IA guy, and Al Pacino has to talk... To the guy on the phone telling him, you know, you'd suck the mirror out of good cops and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, we know all this. What the fuck is, why are these guys talking? We know IA is looking for them. We know he has contempt for IA. We know he's trying to like avoid them just so he can like move things forward here and mm. get done with it. But they had to have that stupid fucking phone call. So it's just hammering more points all, that I already get. All they had to do is walk into the police station and meet the chief and him say, thanks for coming. Um, and then they're like, okay. And that's it. That's all you needed. Yeah. Nothing else. And I, the audience gets it. They're like, they're here to help with a big case and they need the help. Yeah. And I once see, again, I, you don't need to make the detectives look shitty. You just need to show them helping the fucking detectives. You could, you know what is, you could just use that scene um, to have the chief mention the IA investigation. Cause I love when he, the chief curls up the ball. He's like, this guy's been calling. He's like, boom, throws it in the trash. He's like, we do things simply up here. I was like, that's all we needed. We didn't need any of the newspaper lead and stuff. You know why they're there. You know there's something going on, but we don't need to know any more than that. All you needed that for was to place them in Alaska and have, I guess, something to put to put a wedge between the two partners. Um, so let's... We could just assume also that that partner had already decided to um, to uh, make a deal with IA. You wouldn't have had to have that conversation and they could, it could have been much briefer. He could have said, are you... Are you are you sure you want to do this? Are you gonna like? Are you sure you want to do this? Like, instead of them having this big long drawn out conversation where Al Pacino's just finding out over like the dinner at like ten o'clock at night in Alaska, it's all bad. Yeah, he's, he's up there for moose soup. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, I lost my appetite. Oh, that whole scene was shitty. Okay, let me. I want to talk about one other thing. It doesn't really have to do much with the story, but the whole premise is that Al Pacino keeps making a series of bad decisions because he can't sleep and he goes up on like six days of no sleep. So I've been up north, uh, Northwest Territories, about the same uh, latitude, latitude, whatever. It's, it's far up north. They have like times when it's like 18, 20 hours of light or 18, 20 hours of, of night. Um, when you stay at a hotel in a place like that, they have blackout curtains. Yeah. They just, they all have blackout curtains. <laughs> it's like a common courtesy. Plus, when you're going up there, if you talk to anyone who's ever been, they say, oh, it's going to be like 18 hours of sun, blah, blah, blah. And they're going to fill you in on that one little tidbit. So I just, that really was driving me nuts every time we see him struggling to like put stuff up on his window and do yeah, all that shit had, with like, those tiny little, yeah, kitchen there. curtains, like fucking no way. Yeah, there's, uh, me and John talked about this. There's also another scene where... Well, it ends up being his guilt, sorry, but it's his guilt that keeps him awake Yeah, but later. you could yeah. have you could have it being dark in the room and him looking at the alarm clock, but the whole thing where they don't have blackout curtains in Alaska makes no sense and yeah. it's stupid. Oh, yeah, it's the dumbest thing. And then the other thing... No that, Amazon yet when this movie came out, yeah, so maybe that's... <laughs> the other thing that we found out too was that we thought was we laughed out loud was is when they're there and Al Pacino's going through the room and stuff, 
He's like, why aren't the kids at school? And they're like, it's 10 o'clock. And he's like, yeah, I know. And they're like, no, it's 10 o'clock at night. And he's like, oh, well, so L.A. is an hour difference time zone than Alaska. So Al and he Chino, just flew up that day. Yeah, he's, such so a, he's such a good detective and he's such a smart guy that he doesn't know that it's 12 hours earlier than he thinks it is. Yeah. Where's my watch? Give me some gum and teach me he, to chew. He, like, he, lost, he completely lost track of time from an hour time change. Yeah. Come on. That's not. Uh, it makes no fucking sense. Once again, yeah, he's a fucking real genius, like, this guy. So the idea so you, you is there. Call it or that joke, that joke, like, would hit if uh, I don't know how you could make it. You but can't like, make it that joke, but work. it would have been take it out. Yeah, there's a way to make it work. Like, if it had taken him days to get there, or like he was totally disoriented. He was in but or by something. that time, he was like fresh. He'd only been like eight hours traveling or something like that. Yeah, I don't know what time it is. Whoa. He also slept on the plane. Didn't he? Didn't he wake uh, up on the yeah, plane? Yeah, I think that's so where the movie starts nap. with him waking up. So you're on telling the plane. me he could sleep on a plane, but not in a hotel room with a little brightness? Uh, <laughs> -ah, it doesn't make any sense. What's an eye mask? Oh, pillows for my eyes. Hoo -ah, hoo -ah. <laughs> so, so, anyways, we haven't even got into the Robin Williams shit yet. No. Okay. So, so Robin I, Williams oh, yeah. is very one-hour photo. Yeah. Which came out the same year. I thought he was better in one-hour yeah. photo than this. He's great in one hour photo. I think okay, that we movie, that we list, should watch yeah. that because I, I believe his performance in that is good. Yeah. I feel like his performance in this was like mediocre. It wasn't bad, it but didn't it wasn't call good. for much. No, it, they didn't do he enough. He could have been. He didn't he have a lot been, to do. No, and like, I mean, he's fine and he's serviceable and like there's not really a problem with him, but no. he, I think he could have brought some more to it. Yeah, he should have like gone a completely different direction with the way because he um, has this range. He has the range to make this character yeah, no, a little more intentful. Yeah, yeah, he almost made him so vanilla. But they, 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 they destroy his character with what he ends up doing at the end, which is what I'm left with at the end of the day. The fact that his plan was to lie to a cop, Ellie, to get her out to his cabin mm, uh, and then murder her. Like, he fuck, yeah. why? Like, it's so obvious. You know, like, he wasn't a, if he was a blood-crazed killer who needed to kill women... Then I get it. I would get it a little more, but he wasn't. It was like an accident. And yes, he's gone over the line and there's no going back. So we probably would kill again. But I don't think, you know, the day <laughs> Ellie goes out to his house and tells people she's going to Rob Williams house to and get those papers. Disappears. And then she disappears uh, and is never found again. And he was kind of being questioned in a murder case. He's already a person of interest. Yeah. yeah. So like, no, no. Also, the interrogation scene with him and the cops before Al Pacino goes off on him what he is saying is so bad and obvious <sighs> that like no detective no not even a no no regular just human being off the street who was sitting across from him, him wouldn't think that he was full of shit and completely lying yeah. his performance is so bad there he is guilty as sin anybody could see that like he was trying to pin it on the boyfriend he was like he was like so saying obvious, statements like, oh, that were. And she said something about this. Mm. Yeah, she he said something about how he wanted to kill her so bad, and that he had a gun. But I didn't come forward with this before. My mentor. Yeah, like, it just would create it's so the much worst suspicion. dialogue well, ever. Swank is suspicious the whole way through that, but she's suspicious of of Pacino, yes, which doesn't make sense because no. Pacino is actually like seems to be effectively interrogating or at least convincingly 
um, his questions were valid. Yeah. Like, so what you want to fuck her, right? You want to fuck her. I'll be like, that's what I would think too. Young girl with an older writer. Like definitely he wanted to get it on with her. That's the thing. And gave her gifts, which he admitted to. That's strange. Absolutely. And and everyone's like, oh no, we'll go get Ricky or whatever the fuck. But and during that whole thing, the thing that Hillary Swank is drawing to is Pacino. Yeah. There's no line to connect that there. That's, he's just (laughs) trying to build that so that there's more um, distrust and tension for her to pursue Pacino in through the film. But that's not where that happens. You got to change all that to make that fucking be so she's suspicious of him. Because nothing Pacino's doing there is suspicious. Fucking Williams is obviously guilty in his like you're saying with his bullshit as sin. Yeah, like if she's doing any, if she's looking cockeyed at anybody, it should be at fucking Robin Williams. It's like they weren't taught interrogation or questioning techniques. Like say things to get people off their off their comfort zone. They didn't even have to. Robin Williams was just fucking. I know he was giving it all. I know. I know. Like so, then I choked her. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, so I was also gonna say so Williams totally didn't approach this right. Like, uh, I was listening to Rob Lowe talk about, have you guys seen Behind the Candelabra? No. Yeah. Okay, so you know that, so in, in the movie, Rob Lowe has this face that looks like he's had about a million years of million uh, plastic surgeries, and it does not move. And he has this really creepy voice, but his eyes and his face never change expression. And he knew that he was going up against, um, he knew he was going up against two big actors. He knew he was going to have to play against Matt Damon, and he knew he was going to have to play against... Uh, uh, Douglas, yeah. Michael Douglas, and he was like, so he went to the director and he's like, can I, how can I come into this movie being weird? Can I, can I, can I like really bring something weird to the movie? And the director's like, absolutely. And he's like, that's what I knew I had to do is I had to come. This Robin Williams is going against Pacino, yeah, and yeah. he comes in and does a well, vanilla. Swank. Swank had already won an Oscar. Before yeah. this for Boys Don't Cry, right? Yeah, her too. Yeah, it was. She had one already. Yeah. Wow. So he's coming in That's against two something. Academy Award winning actors and he came in prepared with nothing more than just playing it straight. Nice guy. Just like, played it straight. His yeah. whole point seemed to be like to play this killer like a normal guy, but... Yes. Yeah, there, there wasn't enough... But he's not a normal guy. That's the thing is he's playing it like a normal guy, but he's not a normal guy. So you can you should be a normal... You should be a guy pretending to be a normal guy or a guy like desperately trying to maintain his normalcy despite feeling this other part of yourself erupting through the center. Like he's got this core, right? And if it wasn't there before, after he killed that girl, there is a fucking molten center in him that is changing. And his fucking, the plates of who he is outside are fucking moving. So there should be something there. There should be a struggle there where he's trying to fucking maintain normalcy or, or display normalcy despite maybe like being not, there openly with himself. I don't know if I'm fucking yeah, losing my too, phrasing. He's Jesus, too calm, I'm so frustratable. He's too he's too calm, cool, and collected. Yeah, he doesn't slip it's up once, boring. even even when he's opening up to Pacino. Yeah, it's just like it's monotone a lot of the time and boring and and like oh, it felt he, good to get that off my chest. He okay, sounds like uh he sounds like a fucking one of those book notes about the detective that's yeah. whatever stuff. It's like a, yeah, he seems like a child at sometimes when he gets like super excited. It's just like that's not someone who stands up well to like harsh interrogation. No, <sighs> he should have been more cocky and brazen. He should have been. He should have been a writer who like lived in a shithole and wrote all these books and should have maybe been more cocky and cocksure. And that's why he thought he deserved a young woman, yeah, and, like a good-looking woman. He wasn't like that at all. He came off at like some soccer dad or something who like didn't have anything going for him wasn't a smart wasn't a very smart guy worked in a factory or something he was like a guy who like gazillion books 
he should have just had something about his character that was there's interesting and a lot of it's the writing it's oh, yeah. i mean it's the writing with swank it's the writing with williams but like they should have come in well they shouldn't have taken the script or they should have said to the writer and the director like i want to make my character more unique i want to do something otherwise i don't want to do this yeah um like uh that's what what's his name was talking about uh baldwin was talking about his character in beetlejuice he hated that role and he went to um he went to uh who's the director Burton, Tim Burton. he went to burton when burton was in his office and apparently burton was drawing like the creatures like like by hand drawing like the ghosts and stuff and he wasn't really paying attention to baldwin and Baldwin said, what if I did uh, an accent like a, like a guy like a, from Connecticut who talks like this or whatever? And he was trying to give him some like uh, choices. And uh, Burton didn't even look, it up at him, <laughs> look up at him. And he just goes, no, don't do that. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> and Baldwin was like, he gave me nothing. <laughs> he gave me nothing. And the clothes he had to wear, he hated and stuff. So like you gotta <laughs> as an actor like why take a role if there's nothing for nothing fun for, for you? you yeah and everyone else got to be so crazy fun in that or challenging movie. one or the other otherwise then you're just collecting a paycheck and you're like give me the lines what is it okay and especially for like Pacino unfortunately because he's playing so tired and out of it it doesn't make for very exciting he doesn't acting. scream in this movie though which is uh, uh, does he ever scream. Um, because he usually screams. He, he screams in the fog. Yeah, he screams when he's in, t- in his interrogation. So, like one scene I did like is when he's interrogating the the boy at school. Mm. Oh, I did like that. That's scene. a fine interrogation because then it's not um, the the scenes where you get to see Dormer working before that. He's like, oh, hua necklace. Oh, where'd you get this? Where'd you get that dress? And like, it's not. It doesn't seem like he's coming with the best ideas. Like his best, one of his great ideas is when he has the back backpack, and they end up putting that back in the woods. That was a really good idea. And when he's interrogating the boy, uh, whatever his name is, sorry, Ricky or Richie, um, he, it's a really cool interrogation because he like gets in his face, he makes some assumptions that are true, and then he ends with the the best line, maybe the best line in the whole movie, which is, "Are you so fucking stupid um, that you're gonna let yourself be the last person to have been seen alive with her?" Mm-hmm. And then you're like, "Aha! Great detecting right there. That's a great conversation. Yeah. Awesome." Yeah, that was well. And yeah. Actually, one of the things in that scene line. that I like the best is when that kid's being all like brave and cocksure and everything else, and Pacino just grabs the desk and yeah. slides it over towards him, slow yeah, like and that. Tells him how it is. I was like, "That's so." That's, that's so what I wanted to see. That's like, what that's I would expect stuff. from an LA detective. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that probably was the best written, directed and uh, edited scene in this whole movie. And it was like harsh too, because the, the, the kid admits to like having beat her and like, how hard did you try hard? And so then Pacino knows he's got everything he's going to get out of that kid. Yeah. Um, but for whatever reason, the other detective has like super hard on for the boy um, being a killer. I don't know. <sighs> Frustrating. So, okay. Yeah. So, um, Oh, the gun when they find the gun, so oh, they man. so Robin Williams he plants the gun on Robin Williams. Robin Williams finds the gun and where does Robin Williams hide it? In oil, like an oil drum. And they busted into that place and found it immediately. In ten seconds in the they oil. found it in the oil. So it must have been on the way over in the car. Was They're it like, floating on the top of the oil? It's like, How okay, did find it? I'll search the bedroom, you search the bathroom, and if there's any oil cans, you search those, Teddy. I got it. Yeah, don't forget the oil this time. Yeah, they like, would have had to dump out the oil, whatever that was inside of. Yeah, it should. that should have been in a much more obvious And place. also, that seems okay, well, like such if a we're, plan. If we're talking about obvious, stupid shit like that, then I'd also like to bring up the floor in Robin Williams' cabin. <laughs> Is got inch thick holes in it looking down at the river that's not that's the most uncomfortable place to have a cabin ever they would be <laughs> breezy and cold as fuck it would be and impossible to heat in alaska that would be 
fucking cold, man. Yep. And it's so dilapidated that Pacino's old leg can fucking snap through the board and fall into the <laughs> river below. Come on. That whole scene was ruined for me. The one scene I did like that. And that, and that swank holds the gun on Pacino. Robin Williams yep. has just knocked her out. Yeah. Robin Williams is obviously the killer now. Robin Williams is on the loose. Yeah, and she and like, you holds are him. pointing a gun at a cop who has obviously done some shady shit. Yeah, but is obviously also on the right side of the law. And I get and that, saved your fucking life. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I get 100%. that she now suspects that Williams killed Hap, but still, that would not be my first reaction. Maybe I would. He didn't have a gun at that time either, so I. I still probably would have went after Robin Williams. You have to. Probably, 100%, definitely. There's, 100%. Zero, there's zero chance that you put the gun on fucking on Pacino there. The yeah. only scene that where the tension actually worked and made sense and wasn't a speed bump was when he the falls. Beginning. What, well, I liked, when he, I liked when he fell in through the logs and he was trying to get out. Yeah. I just thought the tension was really good there and I was concerned for his life. I mean, that's a it feels like a very realistic situation like for what was happening. I wish and, he hadn't decided to go there though. I wouldn't have. I would have just watched Robin Williams run across those logs and been like, I am not a log driver. I, don't <laughs> I, I, would, I wouldn't have done it either. Rolling log in long white water. But, but for a thriller, this movie has very little tension that feels realistic. Yeah. And that was really, for me, the only tension. That and the interrogation scene we discussed had some great tension in it. Like this yeah. movie is as much of a thriller as not being able to sleep is thrilling. <laughs> oh yeah, there's way it's, it's not. Yeah, it's let's, not. Let's take out the fact that let's take out the fact that uh, let's take out the fact that they don't have the blackout curtains in an Alaskan hotel. Okay. Let's take let's pretend that that's uh, that's not stupid because okay. it's so stupid. <laughs> All of the shots of him not being able to sleep are like there's way way less is more. You don't need a fucking thirty or forty or fifty seconds of yeah. shots of him not being able to sleep. We get it. We're not dumb. He can't sleep. Just looking at him, we can tell he wasn't. He hasn't been sleeping. We don't need to see him not sleeping. Watching someone not sleep is not interesting. So why are we seeing so much of it? Also, don't chew bubble gum in bed, fucking idiot. If you're trying yeah, to sleep, don't maniacally chew a golf do. ball wad size of gum. Yeah. If you yeah, do fall asleep, too. you're going to choke to death. That's also true. And like, it's <laughs> just not going to fucking be cool. You're going to wake up with that in your gross toupee. We need more shots of him not sleeping. Okay, let's do that. Mm. <laughs> um, Bring in more, edit more shots. Hey, so what am I doing in this scene? Sleeping. You're not sleeping. Okay, okay. We're okay. going to shoot like a lot of footage on this. So like, let's go. Yes. Action. So this movie... Um, has two scenes in particular that keep coming in as flashbacks and we, they don't explain either one until much later in the movie. So one is of the young girl who's been murdered laughing and the other is of, I don't think you're not even supposed to know it's Pacino, but someone like rubbing, rubbing blood on their, on oh, their on shirt their, cuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they keep showing it time after time after time. And then uh, you realize later that the scene of the girl laughing is the moment before Robin Williams socks her in the face and then goes through with murdering her. Um, I guess because he either got a boner or he whipped out his junk for her. Um, and then the other one is of Pacino doing his crime um, by planting the blood where he drips blood on his own fucking shirt, idiot. So I don't know that I necessarily, once I learned what those things were, like I felt like there was a payoff for those flashbacks. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think those necessarily worked for me. Yeah. I get it's like someone's guilt, but I don't know why Pacino kept seeing the girl laughing because he didn't know exactly 
I don't know. I don't know. Neither of those things really paid off hugely for me. Yeah, um, flashbacks, you, you're right. You're either hot. They're, and the worst, one of the worst scenes in the movie was when he tells <laughs> the girl from news radio, who is uh, the, the desk clerk at the hotel he's staying at, yeah. everything about his crime. Yeah. He confesses to her, this perfect stranger who he doesn't know. He's met like three, two, three times. And then she's like, well, I'm a criminal too or whatever. Yeah, that was well, all bad. Yeah, her line is, people are here either born here or running away from something. But she's like, I so she doesn't quite here. say she's a criminal, but... I don't mind her line, like about people are either born here or running away and I wasn't born here. That is, I, a, that I, is a popular idea about like Alaska and Yukon. If you're just ask Jesse. Stuff like that. Yeah. Word up. So, um, yeah, bitches. Or what does Jesse say? <laughs> Yeah, science. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's Jesse's catchphrase? Uh, something bitches, isn't it? Isn't yeah, it bitch. Some, yeah, something bitch. Yeah, bitch. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember. It's been a while. Um, <laughs> it's been a while. So the one thing I did notice on this rewatch, um, I had, I think I had assumed earlier on because everyone assumed that Robin Williams and the young girl were having a relationship, like a, a sexual relationship. Mm. Um, but I realized watching this time that it was just, it was a mentor mentee thing all the way for her she was just going to Robin was because he yeah, was a writer. To be a writer yeah so that's mm-hmm. why when he like got a little excited or whatever and she laughed at him because he wanted more than that at that time and she was like in no way was going to do it because yeah I, I had a trouble placing that in previous watches I think where maybe she was they had been I don't know just don't yeah. show anyone your penis unless they ask for it I don't know I don't, mind, kill anybody. I don't mind the way you that, hear that Brett Favre I don't. I don't mind the way the uh, super hairy penis. I don't mind the way that the crime unfolded and stuff. Yeah, like it, it okay. actually made it make sense mm-hmm. how yeah. it could be a crime of passion. But once again, if you made that his character much different, that would have also even landed better. Yeah, it just yeah. doesn't land at all. This movie. No. You make him like so fucking arrogant and cocky and stuff that she owed him or whatever. Yeah. Then that makes that more realistic and interesting that he's this type of fucking dirtbag piece of shit who like felt like he could just take what he wanted. Or even that, that she's leading him on to try to get him to like to coach her and mentor her. Like if she's uh, she just like she's the playing attention. it up, she just, and then yeah. when he when he takes that step, she's like no. whatever about it, right? Yeah. And then he's like and then embarrassed he, and can't deal with yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, none of that also seemed to land. Their relationship didn't seem well, like it made sense. A lot of sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just sounded like this, like young kid was hanging out with like this older dude. I mean, out of all the stuff, that's not the one thing that caught me too much on it. But yeah, I don't know. You guys um, want to call it or what? No, no, not yet. There's <laughs> one more like, thing. There's one more thing to throw in here. Fucking bitch. <laughs> so, so they do have the great plan to go get Robin Williams uh, nailed um, at the at the beach or whatever when it's super fucking foggy out and. So shitty cop uses the megaphone and and now we have a chase on. And so uh, first of all is um, Robin Williams character makes kind of a big deal later on saying, I saw you shot your partner and I only really killed Kay, but he did try to kill that other cop that was standing next to Pacino, shot him in the leg. Yeah. He, was, he was like looking to do him like... Um, so then Pacino starts like going through and it's very confusing. So that, that those moments are actually a little bit tense in the movie. But I still can't understand that Pacino sees something in the fog and he goes for his backup piece. And I don't know why. Uh-huh. It's not like his gun jammed. Are we supposed to think that his brain pattern was, that might be him, but that might not be him, so I better shoot him with my backup piece so that I can hide yeah, it. Yeah, I noticed that too. But they don't ever make that explicit. And 
I don't know. It, it just kind of bugged me. Like if his gun had jammed and he had gone to the backup piece and that was it, that might have made a bit more sense. But the fact that he goes back, it almost supports the story that he knew it was Hap. Yeah. And like, and fucking <clears throat> yeah. did him. But then if he did, then why did he keep the fucking backup piece? There's so much water in Alaska. You couldn't float that gun to the bottom of a river. Yeah. And also, yeah. why did he react the way he did when he saw him? Because he genuinely reacts with surprise and then does seem like he cares and tries like, to help. Oh my God, Hal. And he's like, it's. It's Hap. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> you, don't, you don't know me at all. <laughs> Just like the dialogue would assume. <laughs> uh, and uh, like he, he, why would he put on an act for him? Unless he was worried he was going to survive the gunshot wound and he wanted to make it seem believable. Yeah. But once again. He looks conflicted about what to do though in that moment. Yeah. Like he he does, just, which is fine if he had shot him on accident. Yeah. But. But the fact that he pulled his backup piece, maybe he was thinking in his brain, I should kill my partner. Well, and it I, says at the end of Swank, she's like, did you mean? And he's like, he's like, I don't know. Anymore. And I, that answer I get too, because he'd been awake for six days. He would be like killing himself in his brain from guilt. Did I or did I not? Yeah. Did, like maybe I did. Like, uh, but come on, these guys know each other. Like I can pick both of your profiles through the fog. You would think like, and if I'm going to shoot and I think it might be you. I'm oh, careful. Like that's a, and that's one thing that they showed. teach you in hunting. Yeah, is you never take a shot without being sure. Oh, yeah. And that's, and that's not people you're shooting at. So it's got to be even more than that. If it's fucking police, also, they got to be teaching you. Yep. If you're aiming to gun at something, be sure that's something you want to shoot at. And if you're shooting it, like you got to be more than that. The mm-hmm. shot though, they show when you when we see him and Al Pacino sees him, it's clearly his partner. Yeah. So that's yeah. also bad. Because that is, it's just a speed bump. Again, he, he should have been, he shouldn't have been so obviously exactly who he didn't think it was. Yeah. The guy had a hood on. That guy looked not, and he was holding his gun out. Yeah. You could not only see him, but you could see him holding his gun out. Yeah. So, so like, now we know the answer to why he pulled his backup pieces so that we could have the shooting the dog and switching the bullets and having the, the actual murder weapon, which conveniently was dropped in a spot where Pacino could just pick it up. The fact that Robin Williams is like, oh, I figured I'd shot that cop, so I just dropped the gun. And there was no prints on it either. It just, it, it makes like the next kind of things more confusing. I think that could have been done a hell of a lot better. Everything could have been done a hell of a lot better. Yeah. You know what? And I was thinking like at the end of the day, this movie, it's not good. Nope. Um, <laughs> but is it, is it bad? Yes. <laughs> it's, no, it's not, it's not a, it's not a stinker. Right, yeah, it's I not a it's the, not a piece of shit, which I think is is, I what Colin's it's saying borderline. Yeah, like if if you were scoring it on a scale, it would be like probably four, a four. I, yeah, a three. Because there's some good scenes, some of the stuff works okay. The story's most interesting. Of it, the idea, the idea is, is there, right? And the location, like all like small town, beautiful Alaska. Um, all the things that come with that, like the logs and the and the glaciers and and the water and the cabins and all that stuff, like it makes for some really interesting backdrop to the storytelling. But the fucking I'll, storytelling. I'll somewhere. actually score a movie lower if you had a great idea and you fucked it up. Yeah. Because if you had pieces that were good and then you couldn't put that together into a cohesive story that makes sense with interesting characters, then fuck you. It's even worse. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you take something that's actually shitty and make it fucking gold, but this was actually a decent idea. Somebody else had already made it to clearly a successful film. And, you know, a perfect example of this is, and I love David Fincher. I yeah. love David Fincher, but the, uh, what's the movie that he remade, the Dutch movie? The oh, uh, Dragon oh, Tattoo. Yeah. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I've watched the original and it's very good. His version sucks. 
And I fucking love Fincher. But his version's like the MTV bullshit fucking version of that movie. It is not good. Yeah. I didn't remember and, hating it. And I the Dutch watch it again. the Dutch version well, watch the Dutch version because yeah. the original is so well, much the, better. Everything a Dutch touches. I have good. not seen the is it Dutch or Norwegian? I don't think it's Dutch. I think it's something else. Yeah. It, 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 whatever language it's in, that movie is better with the subtitles than his fucking American version in English yeah. with like big name actors. I just hate the idea that everything needs to be remade in American. Me like, too. I know. It's yeah. like, the thing is that if this movie was Norwegian and it was great, Good. let it be a fucking yeah. wicked Norwegian flick that people can then fucking Wait, expose yeah, they themselves use subtitles. to. You don't have to steal everything and make it your own. Like, yeah. let some things be fucking great. Yeah, what Soderbergh should have done because he produced this because he found he liked that movie. What he should have done is what what um, Quentin Tarantino's done with movies he's loved is distribute it in America, presented by him, yeah. and put it in theaters and get it out there so American audiences are aware of it. That's what Tarantino's done with great movies instead of fucking remaking them. You open yeah. up a lot of really interesting culture and you really open up a lot of creatives to to. To, to new ideas and stuff like that when you do that too you take a Norwegian film you re-release it in North America you let people come and expose themselves to it that maybe wouldn't have gotten exposed to it otherwise then you've got a whole crop of creatives looking at that and taking ideas and getting inspired and instead you just distribute your fucking washed over gross version of it yeah and then no one gets anything but fucking money you know, and heartburn crouching yeah. tiger it's hidden money. dragon is a perfect example of that that movie was like a huge success to I want to remake that with a bunch of fat texans anyways that's what i mean like with a bunch of them with the american audience that movie was huge and it was it was subtitled and it was the original film like they could have like remade that with like tom cruise or whatever yeah and and it would have been bad yeah no like I, don't remake I, I, we gotta movie. do that unfortunately yeah i know i love that movie which, i remember loving one? it i haven't seen Crouch it in a while. Tiger. crouching tiger uh, we, we that's 100 percent should be on our list yeah, yeah we should all right we'll add that one on soon um yeah and unfortunately i think when we look at these movies it's as as much as the art of it that we can we're not looking at the finance and economics because this movie made for about 45 Made for forty-five million, which seems like a huge budget for this movie. Yeah, um, probably the cast made all, like over a hundred million in the box office. So, so three I mean, times. that's the answer to all these questions that we're asking. It's just no, I know it, but that's the thing. <laughs> that's like nothing kills art more than fucking capitalism. Yeah, it's true. It's fucking gross. It's true. And yeah. also, if you would have spent a very little bit of money on on distributing the original movie, you could have probably made millions of dollars by just spending a million or two dollars pumping it out in America and getting the rights yeah. to it in the US. Yeah. So you could have still made money off of a good movie rather than making an American dub version of that fucking movie. Yeah. <clears throat> There's money to be made. Now we can call it. I got that shit out of my system. I'm trying to think if there's just I'll quickly, go. if there's anything else, there's nothing else. What else do you want to oh, talk the about? Ending, I guess the ending. Do we the care? ending was anticlimactic and shitty. Go ahead. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> and so like then Dormer does get to go to sleep by dying. Yeah. Death. Uh, and the, sh the shootout's okay, yeah, but not great. And then the, it's not good. the it's last, not good they kill all. each other at the very end, and, and then you, Robin Williams goes in the water. Yeah. It, 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 no. 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 Robin Williams, ending. though, I will say, is pretty amazing at uh, blasting and keeping two people undercover with a, a double barrel shotgun yep. or breech loader. Like he'd be cracking the barrel and getting new shells in and firing at that rate. A, he had a lot of ammo, and B, <laughs> kudos to him. He must have been practicing with that Crack shot. Crack yeah. shot. Pretty he's, good. He's John Thick. 
Yeah. Uh, okay. Who wants to call it first? Maybe I will. I think Brad, oh, Brad, wait, Brad Brent really seemed like he Brad, Brent. had an itchy trigger finger. I yeah. think we should make him wait. All right. Do it. Tell well, us. let me tell you this. As <laughs> of 2018, three Christopher Nolan movies were not in the top 250 movies on IMDb. This is one of them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, and there's some reason. other ones that shouldn't be too. But this one is one of the ones that is not. And I agree. Um, it's not good. <laughs> I didn't really enjoy watching it. I found myself wishing I wasn't. Like when we um, explained this to you, because you hadn't seen it. Yeah, um, I hadn't seen it actually. It was like kind of sold you, right? You're like Pacino and Williams. Wow. Mm. When you told me, it's like it's like a, a killer um, thriller with Robin Williams and fucking Pacino. And then I think you told me Swank was in it too. And I was like, who could not fucking like this movie? How have I not seen it? Like, oh. <laughs> You could you could give me those three actors, and I fucking think you put magic up ninety fucking eight percent of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was upsetting. I like, and I do. I love all these guys. Like, you know, Pacino obviously, and fucking Williams has got amazing range. Had amazing range, mm-hmm. um, and was just a fucking unforgettable talent. So the yeah. fact that this movie. Um, actually throws shade on his memory makes me mad and i choose to say it does not hold up and i wish it catches uh super herpes <laughs> super herps i'll just jump in next because i'm not going to take very long with this this movie doesn't hold up so disappointing given everything that was set up there good idea good actors uh like a director, <laughs> a director. <laughs> someone to stand behind the camera and say do these things um so many opportunities missed here some of the cast is like um, the secondary cast is like could could have been good too, but no one's given anything to work with here. Shit sucks. All right, doesn't hold up. Next, I think th- <laughs> I think this movie proves to me that um, Christopher Nolan. I don't know why people thought he was a talented director or writer. Momentum. Our filmmaker. Wrote that shit. Wasn't I know, the directing but, in this bad? But uh, the directing was in this was bad. I I, I just don't think he's good at. I don't think he I feel like there's maybe there there was Memento was Memento was such a weird and and uh, kind of movie that came out of nowhere it was interesting at the time nobody's really seen anything like it yeah similar to um, uh, usual suspects it was the same thing with uh, Brian Singer I feel like Brian Singer and and Christopher Nolan both got big careers based on movies that actually weren't that good because we haven't seen Memento yet, but I'm guessing because Usual Suspects never held up. Yeah. But like we're kind of weird and came out of left field at the time and they built careers off of that because Brian Singer like... Oh, he's doing the X-Men. Is not... was not is not molesting good. Molesting people. Yeah, well, he's doing that too. But anyways, I mean... Is he going with the pool parties? Yeah, the young yeah. kids. Yeah, sexy. Anyways, <laughs> so I, I this just goes to prove that Nolan is... Uh, Nolan is not was never really that good like because i don't like his new stuff but i don't think his old stuff's any good either you guys didn't like tenet <laughs> oh fuck let All me right. remind you let me That's remind you <laughs> tenet was so bad we did two nolan movies in a month just so we could fucking talk about him. him yeah he is not this is not well directed no, yeah, no it is okay. not well edited uh, there's nothing really the the problem with this movie is it had all the pieces it yeah. had the actors it had a good idea and uh, it had like great locations, beautiful locations he could have shot with. 
That's the thing. You give me Alaska, Pacino, and fucking Rob Williams, and you make a forgettable movie? Yeah. How the fuck can you fuck up that? That's what yeah. I'm saying. That's why I think it's even worse that it, it was a good idea. Yeah. Like and a two. It's a fucking two now. On when you list. talk to people about like Nolan's movies, this one doesn't ever come up. No. W- this is why. It's just forgettable. I was totally so jealous of Hap. I was like, just shoot me early yeah. on. Now trying I, to kill me? Good. 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 I, I, Shoot I, me again. I still do. I still do like the original Batman Begins. Not the original. Batman Begins, the first in that series. But he didn't write it. He was a co-writer yeah. on a good screenplay. And like the directing in that movie is okay. So you know what? I'll give credit him credit where credit is due. But other than that movie, He's I don't not think... without talent. But I don't he think needs I've liked to be reined in. He does, yeah. He doesn't have... Uh, well, yeah. Well, he needs a good script that's not written by him. And he needs good collaborators. And he must have had... And I think everybody needs that. But you need to also listen to them and stuff too. But he's at a point now where he just has this stigma following him in a good way. It's a good stigma that he's amazing. And he's just a moneymaker. So it's never going to stop. But Michael Bay, I think it's stopping now. I just saw an article the other day that said... um, Tenet was supposed to revive cinema, but it might have broken it forever. Yeah, <laughs> he, he reminds me very much of um, another director who made a lot of money for a long time and has disappeared, which is uh, Transformers and uh, Bay. Michael Bay. I feel like he'll go the route of Michael Bay. I, I think he will eventually direct himself out of his film career because I just don't think he's that good. Mm-hmm. And Tenet is like, could be... If he if he directs something worse than that, I mean, he'll never come back from that. Man. If he wants to survive, he needs to do something really simple that he didn't write. He needs to go find a good script and direct it super straight and just be super low key. That's what he should do. Because it's clear that he's got he's a super creative. He's a super creative. Yeah. And he's trying to harness this with all sorts of like these wild and crazy and imaginative ideas, which are awesome. But they need to be Written by someone who knows how to write a script. I'm sure he could write it too, but he needs to fucking dial it back. And then he needs to just have places where he's like dialogue here with this intent dialogue here so that someone else can write it and then fucking do notes on his script, write the dialogue for him. Because all he's going to do is put fucking uh, notes about what's happening in the movie. So he's explain a log the whole way through. Yeah. Like Like, I keep forgetting Dunkirk as well was written and directed by Nolan. mm -hmm. And that movie, I I love the Spitfire stuff with... um, What's his name? Uh, oh, Hardy. Tom Hardy. Like I, I liked all that stuff, but a lot of the other stuff. I wasn't crazy about Dunkirk, but it wasn't like the this. The no, no, no. Right? That, that may yeah. be that may be my second favorite movie of his from <laughs> Batman Begins, but I didn't like it. But like I didn't hate it either. Yeah. Like I, I'm hating his Batman movies, or I'm hating like the Interstellar, or I'm hating Tenant, or I'm hate. You know, like I Dunkirk was was I guess mediocre. Yeah. It just didn't stand out. It wasn't awful. I I looked was really looking forward to it before it came out. But and once once again it was a good idea. Great fucking cast again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean he gets the cast. Well yeah, because of the name, right? He can just choose that will stop now, but why do you have to kill the French soldier in that? That bugged me. Anyway, okay, uh (laughs) Insomnia. I'm going back to sleep on this one. Uh, it does not hold up. Uh, we're not going to watch it again, and you shouldn't either. Save yourself. Save yourself. I spent $5 on this, so you no. don't have to. All right, there you go. Well, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. It's been great to have you once again. Uh, we'll check you next time with something hopefully a little bit better. And as always, enjoy your shit.
Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.